You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We are here, and we are talking trade deadline. Um, we were just doing a Twitter Spaces, Bobby and I, so we're going to rehash some of that uh, for the, those of you who are not uh, part of that audience uh, as we continue to build audience heading into um, the 3 o'clock trade deadline. And right now, Bobby, all is quiet um, in terms of the Celtics making any moves since their last move. Uh, but let's rehash some of the stuff that's already happened. Uh, the trade deadline begins with the Celtics trading, at least from the Celtics point of view, trading PJ Dozier and Bol Bol and a future second round pick and cash to the magic for a future second that gets them under the tax, uh, which was at the time we thought might, might be the only move that the Celtics made. Uh, we thought also that might have opened up the possibility of a Dennis Schroeder trade, um, which as of yet has not happened. Then the kind of big shoe drops here. The Celtics traded Josh Richardson. At first, we thought just Josh Richardson straight up to the Spurs for Derek White. As it turns out, they also threw in Romeo Langford, a first and a pick swap in 2028. So whatever that was what happened we'll spend a lot of time talking about that we're curious to see if another move happens in between those two things the other huge story i mean the the huge story nationally obviously much bigger than anything the celtics are going to do but again to a celtics audience that's debatable is uh the nets traded james harden to the 76ers for ben simmons seth curry andre drummond and two first round picks which honestly bobby you and i both thought that this trade was going to happen i am surprised at the haul that the nets got from philly considering harden had basically signified that i am absolutely uh done with done with everything so um that is a bit surprising we will get to that but we're going to start with the celtics because again that's what we're here to do and we want to this is a landscape altering deal this harden simmons one i think makes both teams especially if harden resigns in philly better for the foreseeable future and certainly better this year particularly if a vaccine mandate gets lifted and kyrie irving becomes a full-time player um, that's going to be a really interesting team over there but let's start with the richardson stuff and bobby we'll just start at zero i know we've talked a lot about this but my take very expensive might make them better we will see i'm a little worried uh, that Romeo Lankford is going to turn into something and you've sold as low as you possibly could. I'm a little worried that you just aren't making draft picks anymore, and that's a really important part of building a roster, and I'm just confused why the Celtics don't seem to value it. Um, but, Bobby, you like the player, so start in on that. I love the player, and I didn't think a player like this was attainable. 
for even trading Marcus Smart, never mind trading Josh Richardson, who, as I said on Sunday, should have been used to trade up into a better player. And that's what they did here. Now, you need picks to sweeten the deal. All right, fine. You know how I feel about picks. They're expendable. You get a good player instead, instead of a lottery ticket in the late round. And Lord knows 2028 is well beyond what any of us are thinking about here. Never mind Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And then you move on from Romeo Langford, which I think was due. You know, I think he wore out his welcome here over three years. They saw what he was capable of. He got that 30-minute run per game for about a week or two there. And he averaged, what, five, six points a game. Good defender, but you can find that. And this also, I think, thrusts Aaron Neesmith up the rotation for now. We'll see what the next shooter drop is because the fit here next to Marcus Smart, I think, is a little dubious. But this guy is your point guard. He's a connector. He's a guy that gets to different spots on the floor. He moves downhill. And what I love most is that Ime Odoka has a history with him. World Cup team, playing with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, as well as Marcus Smart on that roster. But C still need a shooter. You lose one of your two shooters in Richardson. Uh, your shooting depth at the bottom of the roster is questionable. But for now, you went out there and you paid the price of what it takes to get that point guard that you wanted. Is he ideal? No. Is he DeJounte Murray? No. But this is what you could get right now, so and let, I think it's a great move. Uh, let me ask you that, Bobby. As you say, the point guard they needed. Now, I, I, I'm confused. Is he an elite playmaker, and is he an outstanding shooter? Um, elite? No, but he's very good, and it's his mindset. Shooting? Eh, we'll see. What was the career number? Mid thirties, low thirties, yep. thirty-one this year. So he's in that smart territory. Again, it's it's a combo guard who can't shoot, which you which you have. Um, and again, so this is where I, I'm not gonna get. I will reserve some judgment here, but if it's a better playmaker than Smart and fits with the Jays better, that's fine. What I am confused by is I've been led to believe by. Um, a lot of people that Marcus Smart is the point guard this team needs and that a, an upgrade would have to be into a truly next level, pure point guard sort of thing. And I feel like you've just gotten another combo guard here who I believe is a better, I, I believe is a natural, better playmaker than Smart. Um, uh, but I, the, I don't know how much better it is for your offense. There is a bit of redundancy. You still have Dennis Schroeder and you still haven't solved shooting problems. It is um, it is definitely a high price to pay. I guess what I'll ask is, is if he's an upgrade over smart and we talked about this uh, there, uh, is he your starter? That's what I'm trying to figure out here. Do you move away from double big and break that lineup up? That seems to be the only way to solve this beyond sending white right to the bench. Now, Allow me to do something risky here okay. because we do only have eight minutes. This could look theoretical trades. Yeah, here you go. When, Make it happen. <laughs> when, when the clock hits zero and Marcus Smart's still here, I might have to hear something. But I think there's a chance in the next eight minutes Marcus Smart could be moved for a shooter. We obviously have heard not a heard a whisper. This would be a real out of nowhere. Did we hear? Trade, did we hear a whisper on White? Yep. No, so, you didn't. You didn't. So I think Brad's working in quiet a lot here. And there were obviously diversions too. Oh, the Celtics are done. They're not taking talks for Richardson. They have a high price here. And obviously they did get a lot. I love that. That's better than the stuff that's being thrown out there, which we've obviously learned you can't fully trust. Yeah. So I am very interested in seeing if Smart's still here in eight minutes, just because I'm, I'm not sure the fit between these two guys, especially playing with the Jays. And you keep Schroeder in the equation too. That's a backcourt that it, 
just like the last one, theoretically couldn't shoot, and Richardson ended up being a better shooter than you expected. Now, on White shooting, playing in San Antonio, where there wasn't a bunch of floor spacing or even an emphasis on shooting threes, they shot the most mid-rangers in the league by far. I'm interested to see what he looks like playing off Brown Tatum. There'll be better looks. And his free throw percentages this year in particular, 90%. So that worked out for Richardson. They felt he's got the free throw stroke. Does that translate with good quality looks into better three-point shooting? That's what I always like. Guys who shoot close to 90% from the free throw line. And and, and he is that guy. You always feel like, huh, you know, that's there. You know, like it's a great indicator of like, yeah. He's got a usually stroke, is. but, but then again, Mark, Marcus Smart's always been, I mean, you look at Jalen Brown as a dead eye, um, you know, jump shooter and three point shooter, and he's 70 something in his career from the line. And Marcus Smart is a far better free throw shooter and cannot dial it in from deep. So, uh, and again, Smart's in the eighties, but anyway, um, Smart had some trouble early on though. He's gotten better. That wasn't natural for him coming in. I, I do think in terms of natural, uh, you know, someone on our um, on our spaces mentioned, and I thought it was a really good point. Spurs fan joined our chat. We were on Twitter spaces a short while ago and said, you know, White was asked to do more than he should do. So yeah. uh, therefore his efficiency numbers are low, but also so might his uh, overall scoring numbers be a bit low. So I don't know if he's coming over here and being instantly a 15 point per game guy, unless he's playing heavy, heavy minutes but he might be more efficient and therefore might get better looks, particularly considering you've got two guys that they didn't even come close to having in terms of offensive threats on the floor. Um, you know, with, with Tatum and Brown on San Antonio, like DeJounte, you know, Murray is nice, but he's not those guys. So obviously way less attention is going to be paid to him uh, here than was there. My thinking is he starts on the bench, barring a smart move, just, to see how it works, let him command that unit, stagger with the Jays and such, and keep that starting lineup rolling that they have in place right now. Uh, that would probably make the most sense right off the bat, even if you do eventually end up in a spot where White's playing better. And, you know, some players do thrive in six-man roles. That's certainly something he could do. He could close games next to Smart in spots, I'd assume, even though the shooting there is shaky. I just... With three roster spots open right now, the Schroeder thing still hanging around. There's got to be something in the next five minutes here. It would be yeah. very confusing. Yeah, um, but be, be something. No. But even if you don't solve it today, smart sign long-term, white sign long-term, you can readdress it in the summer. I love that about White. I didn't mention that yet here, is that he signed through 2025 at 17 right. million. Bobby, filibuster for 30. Bobby, you got to run the show for 30 seconds. Be right back. Yeah, so if we're looking at White's contract, Pointing it out toward 2025, you're basically looking at a guy who is making 14, 15 million right now, caps out at 19 million by the end of it. No player option, no team option. He's in complete team control up until that point. So you have that with Smart. If you need to go back and look at some things for him this offseason, you can do that. It's getting tight now, though. We're, what, five minutes away, four minutes away? Four minutes. It would be a last minute bombshell if smart Stuff comes in i mean i mean tice came in after the bell last yeah week. so it's more likely we see schroeder come through after the bell right right especially if schroeder at this point is straight up like take him off our hands because we got no use for him and he's not coming back next year and i have the minutes i want to give now what's funny is when the first move went through it gave you schroeder leverage because it was like i don't have to worry about tax as much and you could have actually looked for an upgrade at the position now schroeder's just a guy who you don't actually necessarily want to give minutes to um, that 
uh, because you now have another person coming in at the point guard spot who's not an asset for the future. So now it opens up the possibility of taking on a really low salary and a second round pick. So Cleveland has Schroeder interest. I know you didn't like the package that would theoretically. No, but I mean back. that was yeah, again. If you if you believe you've upgraded talent in the White move, then you can trade Schroeder. I, I wouldn't be stunned if they traded Schroeder for not anything that's going to help them. For depth, yeah. I, I saw Cam not even Reddish. depth, not even depth, just relief. Like deep, deep depth on the roster. Deep, stuff that's deep. not going to play How, until you. <laughs> if depth is too deep, Bobby, it's not really depth. No, it's not. We're <laughs> talking not. Dylan Windley. I, I know. Dylan Windley's interesting. He's been hurt a lot early in his career. He's a guy that can shoot the ball a little bit, play a wing spot. He, I'd imagine him ending up in like a wancho role on this team, though, essentially. So, yeah, you're not getting anything really there. Dante DiVincenzo was an option early on. Unfortunately, it looks like they missed out on that. Uh, you would obviously circle back and consider that a little longer now, but he ends up as part of that four-team deal earlier in the day. So what else is out there for Schroeder? There was a Troy Brown thing with Chicago. That's fine. Troy Brown's a guy that wouldn't need to play a lot unless there's an emergency. I'd go that route, maybe with a second-round pick. And then, of course, there was interest. Uh, I saw it kicking around from the Knicks. And is Cam Reddish attainable? I know a lot of people got excited about that earlier. I haven't heard anything on that. If I had a guess, I think it's the Cleveland thing. You Bobby, know, I still think they need enough depth. Uh, yeah, you saw it? It's, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh, all right. I just, I thought... I just <laughs> you need, you need, I, I just, you were really, I don't know where the shooting comes from. You were, at the point, this is where I'm trying to get at. You were really lucky. We talked about this on Spaces as well. Really, really, really lucky that despite not, bringing in shooting in the offseason that Grant Richardson and Schroeder all shot above expectations. Okay. For as little shooting as they had, you had those three guys actually shooting at uh, elite as terms of Grant, very solid for Richardson and well above expectation for Schroeder from three. And you still felt you needed shooting and you just downgraded, which is crazy. Yeah. But there's a hierarchy of needs here. It's like star power facilitating, shooting, depth. So you gave up a little bit of your shooting. And listen, I said this on Sunday. I was adamant about this on Sunday. Great. You got Richardson. He did some things for you. Nice. Like you redeemed his value. Now Eric you cash Gordon, in on Eric his Gordon value. just got traded. To where? That was another one of yours. Sorry to bunk, but in Toronto trading Bush, Chris Boucher, Malachi Ooh, Flynn. Ooh, hold on, hold on. Who tweeted that? Chris Haynes? No, it's a fake one. I fake, saw that too. Fake account, guys. Fake account. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. I I'm saved not... you that. Here we go. One year ago, the Celtics traded Daniel Tice at the buzzer, and now returning to the Celtics, Daniel Tice. Did it happen? Yep. The Houston is trading Daniel Tice to the Celtics. <laughs> I will not throw anyone under the bus for that information. So the person apologizing to me right now, you do not have to apologize. I jumped on it. Are you kidding? Is Daniel Tice coming back? Daniel, I Tice jumped on it. Roach. I'm owning that one. Don't worry about it. Um, the uh, Is that really? That was in my trade piece yesterday. Tice, they've had interest in him. Um they never want to let him go. Stevens was exasperated last summer or last that deadline when uh when they pulled out his starting center from under him. The question is, is Tice going to start over Rob now? <laughs> to get no, the I'm hell out kidding. of here! Don't I'm if you kidding. so. But uh, Tice step center, good deal, eight million a year. 
with the team into the future. That's they another long-term contract you just brought in. Let's he see what signed they gave for, up. Didn't he sign for four? Yeah, I believe so. All right, quick pause. We want to tell you about our exclusive wagering partner here at the Garden Report, and that, of course, is Bet Online. The big game is finally here. We're talking about the Super Bowl, Super Sunday, last game of the football season. Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player props, whatever you've got here, then where the next fired head coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all NFL betting in 2022. Not just football, though. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. So head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to sign up. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do, use the promo code CLNS50 to get you started. It is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online where the game starts once again promo code clns50 for a 50 percent welcome bonus to get you started head on over there today so dennis schroeder to the rockets there's your dennis schroeder resolution schroeder out daniel tice back in <laughs> not bad but man there are some loose ends to tie up here aren't there oh where's ennis God. going where's the uh... shooting Ennis is going to CPAC is where he's going. Um, yeah. You might see an Ennis. Release. Ennis will be a dump. Yeah, they have about... All right, so you got one million bucks in room right now. Oh, no. you. So this is interesting, too. Tice makes about eight million. Tice makes eight with the, versus Schroeder the five. Makes six. There's you no way about, they did this without the, without the money working. No, you got one under, so you had room to do that. Uh, and it's about three under if... If Brown doesn't make the All Star team, which he's probably not, so this just squeezes in under the tax, more or less. <sighs> so I don't know. How do you move on from Ennis in this circumstance? Is he going OKC in some sort of thing here at the last minute? Um, that's my biggest question, obviously remaining. But what do you think of Tice coming back? I mean, again, lo- let's look at what's happened here. You did. You have now. I. I you didn't get your shooting and fine. I don't mind backup, uh, you know, big, especially if you're going to renounce Al and just take the $14 million savings next season, which it appears that they are, um, would have been nice if you could have just moved on from it though, altogether. Uh, if you found a way to improve yourself while giving that to me, I thought packaging Al with a first and, uh, and something might've been able to, both buy you the the money you needed and allow you to, to trade up for something uh, to someone else. I, I thought that might have been a useful you know use of Al. I don't really understand now. I mean, it's a backup big that you're going to play instead of um, instead of uh, Ennis. So that gives you it gives Eme the flexibility to continue to start double big if he likes it. Um, but uh, now you're looking at a bench of uh, Derek White, Tice. I'm guessing Neesmith. Yep. Grant. You're going to need Neesmith. You're going to need Pritchard and even in some triple wing or uh, triple guard uh, combinations out there. And Dennis is gone. All of you haters. I hope you're happy. There goes Dennis Schroeder. And you know, what were we talking? Troy Brown, 
Dante DiVincenzo, I guess, is probably the peak of what you could have gone, but you need to throw in Grant there. So this, in the end, I think was one of the better players you could have returned, period, for Schroeder. And you turn that $6 million that was going to be gone at the end of the season into an $8 million guy who's here for years to come. So that's pretty good cap management right there. The question is, is just how this comes together on the court this season right now. Uh, the roster you have in place, I think, has quite a few needs that, as we hit 3 o'clock here, seemingly went underdressed. Um, you have two open roster spots. We can look at the buyout market as that starts to trickle out into the night and tomorrow here. Uh, Bruno Fernando heading out in the deal as well. So what are we talking about here? Four open roster spots, right? That's that's kind of weird. We'll obviously see what else leaks out here, but not bad. They definitely had an active deadline, right? We didn't expect all of this. Yeah. Um, they did. They definitely did. Um, so again, so the, the final details of this is Schroeder and Bruno uh, for Tice. Yep. Not final, final. I mean, there's, there's quite a few roster spots open on the Celtics. I don't think they can leave those hanging for too long. Uh, so unless they're going to scoop some guys right up in the aftermath, yeah, there's got to be more coming in. That's what Steve Opet is thinking as well. Um, and where's Ennis going? I mean, An- Ennis has to be going somewhere here, right? He's oh, all right. Ennis is going to Houston as well. So Ennis, Bruno, Schroeder going to Houston with Tice coming back. It's like a big center dump on the Rockets' head, and people will be thrilled to see Ennis gone. He is right off to CPAC, right? <laughs> those those dates did coincide with some Celtics games. I like the roster now. The roster is a little more solid than it was a day ago. You got rid of some of the loose end depth on the bottom, tied that up a little bit. You have some open roster spots to play with now. Uh, and you obviously get a connector in Derek White. Busy deadline for Brad. I think you made some good moves here. Um, uh, all right. Well, um, I don't know. I don't know. We're trying to we're, we're we're thinking about it in real time here. Uh this second move makes sense. I've no problem with it. Um because great. You, you as you said, you dumped your bench bigs. You you clearly upgrade from Ennis and Bruno to Tice. Schroeder became redundant because you grabbed a point guard. Um so that makes sense. Everything about this trade makes sense. There's there's no other way to look at it. It, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, you're just left wondering what they didn't do here, which is address the smart white thing. That's going to be a question entering Friday and shooting, which is obviously bare bones right now in this roster. You have one shooter, right, Grant? Uh, Does he have to start now? We're kicking around three different starters pretty much at that one spot. There's definitely a lot to come here, even if it's not trades. Now as the deadline passes, uh, they're going to be looking at probably bringing Sam Hauser. How many open rosters? But what's the roster right now? You have your five starters. You have Derek White. You have Neesmith. You have Pritchard. You have Tice. That's nine. Um, What are we missing? You have... Yeah, who plays for the Celtics right now? Let's try to figure it out. Well, who am I missing? It's five, or it's ten, right, that are on the roster at this point because you sent out 
another guy on top of that. Horford's obviously still yeah, he's a starters. Who are we forgetting? Grant. The yeah. starters, White, Neesmith, Pritchard, Tice. And Grant. And Grant. That's it. So you five, got so that's, that's ten? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Again, someone. Oh it's yeah, because you sent out two. No, it's ten. Guys it's ten. at the it's beginning ten. of the day. No, yeah, I said so. it. I said it. It's the starters: White and Smith. White, Neesmith, Pritchard, Tyson, Grant is your bench right now. You Something's coming through. But you're not picking up five guys off the free agency. You got There's ten. They have ten. Back. They got ten on the active roster. Is that it? Yeah, because you sent out two this morning in Dozier and Cole, uh, and then you sent out. Two and three in this deal. I I don't know. So no, again, it's nine. it's nine, right? I Bobby, I just you, keep saying, I just keep saying it. It's ten, man. You got the starters plus Derek White plus Preachard, Neesmith, Grant, and uh, and Tice. It's ten. But the um, it's ten. It's ten. It's ten. All right. Now yeah. I'll crush the math. <laughs> it's ten. I I can do it on my fingers. Preachard, Neesmith, Grant, White. Tice. Tice. Yep, there you go. All right, 10 guys. <sighs> hey, it's a, it's a thin rotation anyway, right? Who needs a bench? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess as, as long as no one gets hurt ever. So um, I guess, you know, obviously Hauser, I think, gets a, you know, we'll, we'll get a much more regular spot here, um, you know, and I, whether or not you start to use him, um, you know, that might be some, some shooting. You, you got rid of Bull Bull. You got rid of Dozier. You got rid of Schroeder. You got rid of Ennis. You got rid of Bruno. Uh, I, Romeo, I feel, was a total freaking giveaway, and that's just cap math. Uh, I, I, and I do think that they're going to regret that, even though obviously he hasn't been anything yet. Um, I'm worried about what he turns into. Um, but that's it. So that's your roster. The second move makes sense given the first one. I don't know how much better this team is. I'm not quite sure what the plan is anymore because now you've acquired both in well, both. Think Tice, of the second unit now. But it's not right? that, Bobby. I don't know what you're doing in in both now. Look at how look at how locked up you are. Both in terms, of, I mean, you've locked up White, who's through 25, and Tice, who's through 25, also or 24. Uh, he's four years. There might be an option at the end, though. Actually, I don't think there is an option on here, so it'd be four, including this year. It's his contract, four for 35. So we got eight this year, eight, six, nine, one, and then a team option. So they the got thinner, and I don't know how much better. Okay, let's just go with the 10. Let's assume perfect health the rest of the way and the back filler, no real moves here. You like this team better than the one from three hours ago? Yeah, this team has a real chance to be a home court team in the East at this point, given their schedule. Uh, the point guard that they added, who's feasibly leading the bench now, you got Grant, Tice, and you're going to need something else off that bench. You are. So they're going to have to get creative there in the second unit. But doesn't this open the door for Pritchard and Neesmith? No, what it does is you have a you big role. What it does is you have some salary filler for future trades. If you were to package, say, White and Rob together for a potential third star, you know, next year or smart. 
that. You're you're running out of picks. I really wish you didn't friggin' toss away another first here. But again, this is what pissed me off. And again, I know people in the chat are judging Romeo for what he is today. I am not judging Romeo for what he is or has been. I am judging Romeo for the person who you gave very little chance to develop. And my feeling is he's going to go to San Antonio. And in a month, we're going to be looking at that and be like, oh, He's playing pretty well for them, and everyone's going to be pissed off then. So we'll, we'll revisit this one in a month or two or at some point next year when Romeo is a useful NBA player. He wasn't given a chance here. Whether he deserved it or not is up for debate, but I do think you obviously sold as low as you possibly could. You've burnt a lot of assets, which is pre-existing draft capital or you know, in, in Romeo Langford and future capital just to move money around. Romeo burnt just to save money. A pick last year burnt to save money off of Kemba when you brought in uh, this year, rather, uh, when you brought in Horford and another pick as the sweetener to a deal just so they would take on Romeo as well. Um, so I don't know at this point. Um, well, looking at their opportunity for young guys, we've complained about Pritchard, Neesmith, Langford not having opportunity. Another first round pick on top of that would have probably been buried next season. So now you move out to and consolidate the youth underbelly of your roster, and you're focused on giving Pritchard and Neesmith minutes in particular on this roster. And they are going to have some now. These guys are going to have real roles on this team as part of that bench unit, and they're going to have a good facilitator, I think, in Derek White to glue things together. Let's, let's it's say It's still going to be pretty thin most nights, but it is when called upon. insanely thin. You are now, if you're running an eight-man rotation, if you go past eight men in your rotation, you're now talking about major minutes for either Neesmith or, or significant. If anybody gets hurt, you're talking about instantly people going from zero minutes to major minutes on this team. If it, And that's as soon as you get the nine and ten on this roster. So two people you haven't asked to do a freaking thing are all of a sudden potentially – your all the bench depth that you have moving on from your eight-man rotation if you view your eight-man rotation as um you know right now you've taken richardson out of it and you've added white to it and you've added tice as well i would say you know so you've taken out basically your eight-man rotation is now you've replaced you've replaced schroeder and uh, richardson with tice and just look at the player swap is tyson white for Richardson and Schroeder, you think on this team makes them better? Forget about all the other stuff you threw in. I think so, because I really like White. You know, I would trade Schroeder and Richardson for White alone. <laughs> the Rockets so. wave, Dennis, Im- immediately. <laughs> uh, good luck, Dennis. Yep. Thanks for your time. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man, yeah, we don't. We'll, we'll get into that on Dome Theory, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that's where we are with the Celtics stuff. Let's let it sink in a little bit. Uh, I know, guys. I understand Romeo's trash. I'm telling you, my prediction is we are going to see Romeo Langford in a little bit, playing over there, useful minutes. So and, this and, is an interesting part of this. And and, and I believe you're going to see something and be like, oh, how come how come we couldn't get that out of him? That's what I believe is going to happen. That's that's my thought. If that's, you could have if you could have picked any team for him to go to and not only have opportunity but good coaching and opportunity, he this is the team. You know, he's not going to a terrible team where it's just going to be free for all and he's not going to a good team where he's going to be buried. He's going to have real chance to contribute to the Spurs. And we're going to get a pretty firm answer on whether there's anything there or not. 
I'd assume it's much of the same. Good defense, flashes of ball handling, pretty low scoring ceiling with a shot that's probably in the mid to low 30s. I think that's what I, 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 I do understand. It's, it's fine. Uh, just my problem here is Romeo's shot in the mid to low 30s is basically everybody's shot on the team. So, like, I don't know what it is that he was doing that was so offensive versus if you given an opportunity to develop um, versus anyone versus other people. That's kind of my um, that's kind of my uh, my vibe there is I don't know what you would have lost by having played him more significantly over the last uh, couple of years. But um, it is what it is. Uh, Mo Brown also being released. You're talking about people the Celtics might pick up. That was somebody who got tossed into the Josh Richardson trade. I know I was deeply uh, aggrieved when that happened. Turns out Mo Brown can't play at all. Um, but there's a seven foot two guy who's just kind of hanging out here. Um, do you want to get in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. I mean, yeah, you're probably going to see a bunch of guys who were here. Not too long ago, come walking back in and Sam Hauser, that's a no-brainer to sign, right? In one of these five spots, I give mean, him a real chance. Hauser's a no-brainer is a no-brainer at this point. So who else are we thinking here? You think Taco could be back? <laughs> <sighs> he's out there, right? I think he's a free agent. We're talking none of those Houston guys can come back since that's the first team they got traded to. And Bowl and Dozier can't either. There are some um, people in here who might not be familiar um, with me, Bobby, who think uh, I, I'm not a play the kids guy. I've always been a play the kids guy since last year. But so I'm glad they ripped Langford out of your arms. You and I, all, I, sure. I, 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 some people here are confused, but that's okay. Um, but from the get go, I've wanted. To, I would rather. I don't think Sherrod ever stole, sold this sock, did he? It's fine. I, it, since last year on, I would have let them suck and fail just on the hopes that they would be better than that. And if they weren't, by the end of this year, you could say, yeah, these guys stink. I just don't think you ever got to see them. I don't think you ever got to see them. It's, it is what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm curious how uh, others will grade this. I, To me, this is a big shoulder shrug of a deadline. I think the entire thing comes down to this, Bobby, and it's as easy as this. If Derek White is an ascendant player who in this situation um, – frees up elements of his game the best elements of his game are what come out um and he reaches the next the next level uh and becomes someone even better than the version that you've seen over the last couple of years um then that's great i'm seeing keith smith now talking about converting sam hauser so that obviously makes sense if white turns into something and he exceeds expect meets or exceeds expectations. A lot of people are super high on him. It's a win because you're not going to look back at the price of things. There's, you're not going to say if a if a decent pick got taken at 18, 19, 20, we know the value of those picks. Realistically, those are fringy sort of guys. Every once in a while you get hits. I just think the Celtics were due, and I do think they needed to um stack stack up a few uh first rounders because they've missed on so many. Uh, but they're not doing that. But it really all comes down to Derek White. So what are your expectations of Derek White? And again, think, you think he should start. I think he should, but I don't think he's going to. For the reasons you listed, the starting lineup letting that roll, it's now plus 30 per 100 possessions. I don't know how you break that up with the run that it's on right now. So why not let Derek White get comfortable in this situation, uh, have the second unit to himself, spread the ball to some shooters in those circumstances, play with one of, 
Brown or Tatum, so he has the ball in his hands more than he would in the starting lineup, especially next to Smart. I think it's going to be pretty wise to separate Smart and White's minutes, except in the in the closing units where you just put your best five out there. Stagger those guys as playmakers, as point guards. You now have two effective ball movers in Smart and White, but what you gain in that, you lose in shooting here. Grant's going to have to play a lot more. Aaron Neesmith's going to have to become a contributor immediately with Langford and Richardson gone. Uh, and Pritchard is going to have to do what he does. It's nice that he can play the two spot now instead of the one, because I think we both agree that's where he's a better fit as a catch-and-shoot yes. guy yes. rather no than question. on the ball as a playmaker. And Tice giving them a rim runner on that second unit. I mean, Tice is infinitely better than what Ennis was giving you oh, there goodness, right yeah. now. So I like where they're at. We'll see. Hauser, they'll check off that spot as one of the five. I would. I just did the math on the trade in aggregate, sending out five guys and bringing in one in Tice. It looks like you have about seven million to play with right here, so you could probably bring in at least one high-priced veteran uh, that costs you a little more than the minimum, and then go for some minimum minimum guys to balance out the back end of the roster there. Uh, so that's how you're going to essentially fill this out. You do have a little bit of money to play with under the tax there. And we'll see who becomes available on the buyout market now. I know they also have Denzel Valentine in Maine right now. That could be a guy you give a very cheap deal to. So he could potentially join this roster as well, I would imagine. He's a shooter. He probably isn't going to play, but if you need to stick a guy in a lineup on a night, he could do that. Uh, and then I mean, you're in buyout market off, land. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's dr- not great uh, stuff. No, you're in buyout market land. It's not great stuff. Um, by and you mentioned means. Taco. Go get Taco. No, 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 you did. <laughs> oh, I thought you. Who was the seven two guy? Are we talking Luke Cornett? Oh, Brown, Mo Brown, Mo Brown. I Mo know you're Brown. like looking at looking at other things, and that's fine. I was talking about Mo Brown. He's out there. Yeah. So um, why not go get Mo Brown? John can circle back and be affirmed on that on that take. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bring him back. Better, feel better about it. So uh, I don't know so, if you can actually bring him in because of the they traded him there. So a, I think he, he's he, actually ineligible. He got bought out. He's just sitting there. Yeah, but if you trade a guy to a place and he gets bought out, you can't be the first team to bring him back. So it's like an NFL Brown rule: you list. can't go out of yeah. bounds and back in and touch the ball. Um, yeah. So like today, Drogic got traded from the Raptors to the Spurs. The Heat traded him to the Raptors originally. Drogic could actually sign with the Heat now. As he hits the buyout market. So ton of stuff. There's so many leftovers from this deadline. And this was, as I said, it could have been, I think, the craziest trade deadline I've seen. I mean, headlined by a Harden Simmons deal that could be the tra- craziest trade in sports history, as I said last week. Uh, we didn't even really dig into that. I guess we could before we get out of here, maybe waiting for some leftovers. No, we, we, we're going to dig into that for sure. Yeah, so that's where I'm headed. Oh, <laughs> B-Rob just tweeted out some options. <laughs> this is such a Celtics list of buyout options. Isaiah, Jonas Jarepko, Brad Wanamaker, Gerald Green, Luigi Datome. Why do you throw Luigi Datome in there? <laughs> just to mess with us, right? Yeah. Just to mess uh, with us. All right. Let's, that's going to get a lot of retweets. That's fine. So I, I am curious here, and again, I, you know, a lot of people in the chat – um, you know, they're, they're pretty mixed here, but I'll just ask everybody outright, you know, what I just asked Bobby is every, are the Celtics better than are, are the Celtics better now than they were at the beginning of the day. Yes. And I am curious what people think. Bobby says, yes, we just topped 2000, by the way, uh, viewers uh, between our two YouTube channels, which is phenomenal. I'm going to take this opportunity to tell everybody uh, if you haven't already, please, please, please 
um, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channels, uh, both our main channel, our Celtics channel. We do go live after every game. We go live when there's breaking news, when there's large events, uh, drafts, deadlines, what have you. Uh, obviously, we will be live uh, tomorrow in the Celtics' first game uh, post-trade deadline, see what we see in terms of uh, players you hope that everybody they traded for gets here fast and is in uniform uh, as soon as possible. So let's see what happens there. Um, right now, more people are saying yes than no. Uh, but again, subscribe to our YouTube channels. Give us a follow on Twitter, too. You see our names up on the screen there, at um, John underscore Zanis, at um, Real Bob Manning. Bobby, of course, is CLNS Media Celtics beat writer. He is at every game. Uh, he's traveling as well. So he is there to get the scoop. We're going to be at potentially the first Ben Simmons game in Brooklyn, as well as the one of the first Harding games in Philadelphia against the Celtics. Same not better. Yes, better. Hell no. Yes, because of Derek White. So I guess let's look at it this way. Everything moving out, everything moving in, oftentimes you can always you can say that the team that got the best player won. So if the Celtics got a better player than anything they shipped out, oftentimes that's enough to tip the scales of a deal, right? Yes, always. And that's so, why I don't mind giving up picks. I don't mind giving up young stuff. I do only because you use them for other things. Don't worry. To me, the it's pick consolidation. is consolidation. To me, the pick is not whether or not it has tremendous value to you now. It's whether or not you can use it for something you need more later. When you give them away, you just run out of options and ways you can better yourself. Look at the Lakers, right? Like, you know, there's teams that are like, I'll trade you a first round pick in 10 years because that's the next one I have of any value. Like, you know, that 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 does make a difference. So I do think when you when you keep burning them, um, you don't have anything else to throw in when you do want to kind of, you know, go into the future and make something, you know, better. So um, yeah, so this, this, it's, it's, I'd say it's, it's, it's two to one. Yes. With a bunch of people saying medium in terms of, in terms of, whether I think it's what better. the people don't like is that you don't have shooting at this point that's left over. And I think it's going to be, I think people think you overpaid too, and have a little bit of bitter taste in my mouth. I think, I think that first trade was an overpay. So um, I think and, two things and I do think should... what I said earlier, Bobby, what bothers me about that first trade is I believe you can make it without having to have given as much, but you gave that much because you needed to move salary to stay. If you weren't worried about the tax, you would, you, if they weren't worried about the tax, they'd be better today. Uh, can you say that unequivocally? I don't know. It felt like they dodged it pretty well. They dodged it well, but they still, they lost a first in Romeo, which I don't know that they have to lose to make the moves that they made today to stay under the tax. If you keep, and again, we're not talking about these guys, please don't misunderstand that. We think the number 18 to 20 pick in the draft and Romeo Langford are going to alter the franchise. It's just possible future assets, depth, whatever you have it. That was just tossed into the fire. Don't you like the fact that Pritchard and Neesmith have a path to playing regularly now? They might not play every night. They might not play a lot every night, but they are right at the doorstep if they can claim the opportunity. So if if you can truth serum, you know, Brad and Emei and say, you know, what's some of the what's the reason you made the deal? And they say, uh, if they say it outright, we think Romeo's trash and we always have, uh, but he was useful because he could defend a little bit. But honestly, we didn't want to play him because our bench scoring sucked and he just made us worse. And I really do want to get Neesmith more minutes and I want to get Pritchard more minutes. And there was no way to do that with what we had right now. This will help that. And I think Derek White is going to be a star. If they believe all of those things, then you put faith in the management that, okay, they're behind the scenes. They see things and they're doing that. But 
if that's not the real spin and the real spin is look, we tried to get some piece we liked and everything else after that was just what we needed to do to remain under the tax. Cause that was super important to our owner. So we realized we probably killed our depth and gave away more than we needed to give away. And I really didn't want to dump Romeo, but we did. And it was the only way to get this done. Then the second version is bad. And that's what I mean is it's hard to really know what they think and why it was included. It just looks to me like they kind of burnt a lot of uh, assets to get a little. A lot, you know, they burned some stuff to get a little bit better. Yeah, but that's if they did. If they did. If they did. That's, that, that's consolidation. But you can, but you can consolidate without if the tax, if you removed the tax and it wasn't as big a concern and they were they were okay to go a little bit over into it for the best team. I do believe they'd have more assets. Well, let's right think now. about the future things that this could bring in. So this off season, you. I would think cut bait with Horford. You eat that fourteen million to get twelve million in savings. That brings you, I would say, twelve plus twelve, about twenty-four under the hard cap. Yep. So that might be enough to squeeze a guy like, let's say, Jalen Brunson into this. Uh, I think you would need more room to do a Bradley Beal type thing. But who knows? Maybe Brad Beal opts in and you make a deal for him without the limitation of the hard cap but you're obviously well enough below the tax that you're not getting hammered with tax in a deal like that. So I think there's a pretty straight path now to keeping Horford with the team this year, which I like. I still think he was giving you enough to warrant keeping him around. I wrote about that this morning on Celtics blog, the case for keeping him around. And then your savings are probably more valuable to you on that partial guarantee than it would be for other teams because other teams are just taking on that money. You know, they're probably not saving a ton of money in the deal like that. So this is a forward-facing move to some degree, too, in terms of the savings that this can get you under the hard cap to go after a guy like Brunson or anybody in a sign-and-trade this offseason. Um, and then you address smart again in the summer. That'll just continue to be a question with this team. Feels like every summer, every deadline, for now, I'm fine with it. I thought there was maybe an opportunity here to flip him for a shooter. A Kevin Harder deal would have made more sense to me after a Derek White deal. Yeah, I mean, you were hopeful. Had that conversation. It seems like, you know, these are hard moves to do if stuff comes together late. Um, so unless you you almost needed to do one, like... The clock really two, starts ticking. You you needed to do one of them two days ago to have any chance of starting to... You know, it, it becomes... I mean, think about all the... Th- it's a major move to move somebody like Smart, and I don't think those things come together fast. Um, so I don't know how you do I'm sure that. the white one was tough to get done too. It was probably like, Oh, all right, we need a pick. Oh, can we protect it? Oh, can we do the 28 swap? I'm sure there were several steps to get there. Yeah. The one to four swap mean, makes it sound like, you know, first it was lottery protected, then it was whatever, you know? So like, yeah. you know, I mean, Celtics fall into <laughs> Celtics fall into the lottery here because a, a thing or two happens that pick's going to hurt. <laughs> it really, it really could hurt. You know, and I know it's not a great draft, and I know some people are like, I don't give a crap. The middle of this draft is crap anyway. Fine. So, you know, that's fine. But um, another year that I don't have to study the draft, that's good for me. I know. It's funny. That means it's another year I won't watch a lick of college basketball. I'll just ask you if that guy's good. It's not a great draft by all accounts. So that's another bonus moving out of this one. And a swap in 28, who knows? I mean, you might be worse than the Spurs in 28. Who knows? So. Are better than the Spurs in 28 still. That's what you would hope. So yeah, 
that's just a coin toss and it doesn't mean anything if you it is it's scary it is it is scary i'm not thinking 2028 yet so i know but those are the ones where you're like oh my goodness that's the number three overall pick and you look back and you're like that's the worst trade in history you know like you don't know now but it is it is trouble if brown that one is anyway you know what else it does it really i mean when that happens it affects like a process you know what i mean like how hard is it to go into the process like the nets how hard was it for them to tank to get better they couldn't do it yeah you you had to take on money you had a it was so hard it's in the rough yeah yeah so they did it fairly well so the east will stack it up as time comes on schedule gets tougher here these next few into the deadline so it's nice to have a wait here for this run so to get him comfortable it's denver it's atlanta on sunday it's uh, you know, Denver and Philly right out of the break. So after that nice stretch here, 17 games or so, where it got really easy, it does ramp up for this team pretty quickly here. So we'll see our buyout guys by the end of the day, end of tomorrow, I'd assume. Um, Denver tomorrow night, good test for this team right away. And they're definitely pointing in the right direction now. There is a real chance that you could make a run at a home court seed. And all of a sudden, team that we were saying maybe is fighting to get into the playoffs is now – I think competitive with just about anybody, you know, maybe they don't win a series. It all depends on the matchups, but your team is much more suited for playoff competitiveness with what it has now. But the X factors, the rest of the way are really going to be Pritchard and Neesmith. If they continue to be unplayable, that bench is in some trouble. It is. And again, these are your nine, 10 guys and they've been playing an eight man bench right now. So you, you feel okay with what you have, but it is thin, you know, it is thin, thin, thin. Um, and there's not, you know, again, everyone always like, Oh, there's the buyout market guys, the buyout market, the top, I mean, the top buyout guys go to the top teams. It's just how it works. So you're the Celtics and you're in the seven, six, seven, eight spot. You get the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth best buyout guy. So, like, you might see a guy out there who you love. They're going to a team that has a chance at winning because they recognize they're not going to make money this year. So, why not roll the dice and win? You're not getting anything good in the bio market. There is no miracle here. It's these guys, and then let's see if Sam Hauser can uh, make some shots at the big at the big league level here, and some real crap behind it. Um, this is a messy. This is a little messy. The back end of the roster here. I, I can't remember a situation like this where they go into um, where they've got 10 players at well, this so stage they, of the season. It's emblematic of how Ime's coaching them, right? It doesn't matter who's back there because they're not going to play anyway. So there it is. It doesn't fully matter, but again, an injury or two. Um, and you, I just to- don't know any other way. Like you said, if you ate a little bit of tax, does Romeo being in there make a difference? I don't know. Probably not. You, I think you can find another Romeo out there, unless he just goes off with the Spurs, which I'll be stunned. I don't but think he's we'll going to go off. Keep a close eye on him. Again, I don't think he's going to go off, but I think given minutes, you're going to see a guy who's going to score 11, 12, 13 points a game, shoot about 15, shoot about 35% from three, and play solid defense. And you say, oh, that's kind of what uh, that's that's kind of what we were looking for over here, you know? And that you just shrug your shoulders and wonder, like, how does this? Been- that would have been useful here. Huh? I guess I guess the first way this could go wrong is if you do get an injury and you don't have the appropriate depth here to step up in the different spots. Um, that could be how it goes wrong. 
Derek White, if he doesn't hit his stride, you did put quite a bit of capital into him. There's still some you can utilize in other picks. You still have Smart. You still have Brown and Rob. You don't want to get to the Brown point, but this probably slows the process of getting there. But you do not want White to fizzle out. And I don't think he will, but that's another way this could go wrong. Beyond that, these are pretty low-risk moves. High reward. You gave up nothing for Tice, essentially. You didn't need Schroeder Again, that much anymore move, because of White. Given what you did with the first move made sense. Yeah. Moving all that money out destroyed your depth, um, and it depleted your assets some. It, it, again, the easiest way to look at it is if you got the best player in the deal by far, and it, the positive spin on it with the Josh Richardson, nobody gave a crap about Josh Richardson coming in. And in fact... Yeah. It turned out that it was actually a moderate upgrade over Fournier based on how Fournier is playing this year. Having this this version of Fournier that's over at the Knicks right now, and not saying that's what he'd be over here, would be pretty disappointing if you paid that money. So you got a fairly cheap alternative who end up being use, a useful piece of your rotation. It's kind of house money there. Um, you got him for next to nothing and you flipped him into, he was the centerpiece of a deal for a much better player. So if you rewind all the way back to the beginning and you think Richardson was a giveaway, the Mavericks just gave him to us for nothing here. That's fine. Cause now if you start at the, at the beginning, your Fournier TPE, you basically, you went from Gordon Hayward to Derek White. Right? Yeah, I guess he was. They used the TP on this one, right? So yeah. it's a good usage of it, better than you, Fournier and uh, you went from you went from Hayward and, to Derek White, kind of. You know, like that's kind of what happened there, because th- there, to which Fournier, is fine. I mean, if you go back you to lose that Fournier, day, you bring in Richardson to replace what he gave, and then you kind of got your way over there, and that's that's where you're at with it. If you go back to that day and say we're trading Hayward for uh, Derek White. Hayward's leaving, White's the compensation. You feel a lot better about that for sure. It took a long time to get here. You lost Heiss. You finally get him back. Isn't it so funny how Brad's reversing so much of what Danny did, like directly? The Cantor dump, bringing him back. The Tice dump, bringing him back. Does Javante Green get back to town somehow at the end of this here? <laughs> it's It's pretty evident that brad had a different vision for where they were going here than danny did and he's starting to execute that and i feel a lot better about brad uh, through a summer and now a trade deadline being assertive empowered and i think forward facing i think we both had our concerns john of whether brad was in it for the long haul here we still do but the more moves he makes like this makes me think that he's in it for yeah. Long good, haul. good question from our man fuzzy we talked about um marcus okay and and this is interesting to me marcus smart we again we have followed marcus smart's career we have seen the ups and the downs um uh, we have seen stuff that makes you want to rip your freaking eyes out and we've seen what we've seen over the last six seven games inspired play now the spin on marcus is not the spin the people who are very pro marcus this is Given the opportunity, this is the guy he could always be. He just had to be given the reins and everybody had to get the F out of the way. Okay, so now they just brought in a guy who's very much like a Marcus type of player who might be competing for him for starter minutes, rotation minutes, closing minutes. You could play them together, I guess, Um, and I'm sure they will quite a bit um, just given the overall depth on this roster. How does Marcus take this? 
um, this move. Because, again, he's been on best behavior to not get traded, so he didn't get traded, but they brought in somebody else to back him up slash replace him slash put him on the trade block in the offseason. How does this go? Schroeder was never a threat, but this guy's here for years, you know? The two the two big questions are who starts and how do they play together late in games? Because I think he's part of your best five down the stretch. Schroeder was, Richardson was, they're gone. And Horford was never part of that in a double big lineup, right? They haven't played double big in crunch time at all. So this team is going to come down to how smart and white fit in crunch time minutes together. Who has the ball in their hands? Do these guys effectively space the floor for Tatum and Brown in those situations? That is a huge question right now for this team's team, this year's team in particular. I looked at White's catch and shoot numbers. They're not great this year, 32.5%. I don't know how much opportunity he's had to do that. Given the team around him, I'm sure he's more of a spot-up shooter guy. Uh, so they're going to have to get creative here with how they make that work in crunch time. Smart is, again, going to be in a off-ball catch-and-shoot role in fourth quarters. And this team, as we know, with Tatum and Brown leading the way, has not fixed that fourth quarter issue yet. They've had mild successes against the Hornets and Pacers within the last month and a half here. So if Smart's in the corner in the fourth quarter again and White's not effectively fixing it, I guess you might just have to swallow Smart's catch-and-shoot ups and downs for the impact that White could have on you in those circumstances, but it definitely Do they, raises the, the Smart question into the future. Is the Schroeder, is the, is the White Smart pairing better than the Schroeder Smart pairing? Because people hated that. Even though there are a couple of lineups, there are a couple of four-man and five-man lineups where Schroeder and Smart actually have decent metrics. So it wasn't as bad as people pointed out. I do think a couple times they went double big, double point, which was pretty ugly. But they're going to be seem, doing that. Oh, yeah. Well, they won't be doing that again. But they'll be double point. People seem to really dislike um, uh, – whatchamacallit, uh, the, that double point guard lineup. How will they like it when these guys are on the court together, Bobby? Depends how much White can control the floor in those circumstances. I think there's a real case to let empowering him in those situations, letting him make decisions, letting Horford or Rob touch the ball in those circumstances. This is just a better decision maker on the ball than Smart, Brown, and Tatum. So you upgrade immensely in those spots if you empower him to do so in those circumstances. And if they have success in those spots, I don't think Smart can be mad. You know, he's he's doing what he's done now in a lot of winning teams here in Boston, playing off ball and making it work, cutting and moving in those circumstances. You have five guys on the floor in crunch time who are willing ball movers. That's going to be helpful. And he has obviously experience meshing back and forth on and off the ball next to DeJounte Murray there in San Antonio. So if White can start to solve some of these fourth quarter issues on his own, that is a big, big feather in Brad's cap to impacting this team and the team and in the future. I view White as this group's point guard. Smart's going to have to figure out his role because I think White's a better point guard than Smart offensively. And, and he gets so, his shot off better. He gets downhill and finishes. He gets to the free throw line. So Smart's stuck in that vacuum. And this is why I thought there was a case to moving him for a shooter because it just would have all fit together in fourth quarters. Maybe it wasn't there now. You could still revisit that this offseason. Um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the, the consensus from people who do not have a, um, you know, deep burning Marcus smart bias is white's better. The unabashed, you know, I like, 
I like White better than Mark Marcus. There is no way White's coming in here and starting to like on day one. And no, I, he's gonna he's gonna come and off I the can't bench. see and I can't see it happening, like ever. Can you? Can you see that working? Can you see Marcus going to the bench? No. So this summer, you asked the question: Is Smart still here? And we've been asking it forever, and it's going to continue to be a question. He's a good guy to have. You don't trade him for nothing. If the right opportunity comes along, I think you're more empowered to make that move now, especially depending on how the year closes. Remember Isaiah comes in? He's in that six-man role. He does some things. All of a sudden, it gets better and better and better. You finally flip those two, and all of a sudden, Isaiah's the star in Boston at that one-guard spot. I could see the same thing happening here. White's going to make a lot of noise with the second unit. Um, There'll be a discussion by the end of the year of where that's going, but if the starters continue to succeed in the opening minutes of games, the people will be fine with the setup there. This offseason, do you have an opportunity to move smart for something really good? You'll be in a much better position to do it than where we were before, where we said if you trade smart for a wing or a shooter, you'll have no point guard. Well, now you have one in white to fill that gap if they end up flipping smart for something else. And now that smart's going to be a perimeter player essentially again, I think there's going to be a much stronger case to do that. I don't know what was here at this deadline. Like you said, when the white move gets made, it's 90 minutes out from the deadline. Did you have enough time to put together something that made sense in that small gap there? Probably not. So this summer, I don't know. If you want to move up in the draft, you could use Smart for that. If you want to go get a shooter like Carter, you can do that. And if you want to package Smart up with Future First for another star, you could try to do that. Uh, There's a number of ways that this team can add a star this offseason, though, now, which is good. uh, Unless, of course, you think that White is that star and, like, not like, not, and again, I think he's more of a connector. He's a glue guy. I don't think he's a star in the making. So, like, that's the thing is, you know, um, again, nobody's lamenting the loss of, like, Richardson is straight, you know, like, he played well. They got good stuff out of him. Um, I just don't know that this was the exact type of player you were looking for um, in this move because you were looking to improve in one area specifically. And like, if your improvement is a guy who you think maybe is slightly better than your starting point guard, but isn't going to start in place of your point guard, you've upgraded from Schroeder to white, which is a significant upgrade. And he's around long-term, which is something that they maybe wanted. Um, And that's, I guess the best overall way to look at it. Um, And you burnt a pick and you burnt Romeo here. So I don't think anybody's going to lament the loss of Richardson here. I think Richardson was a surprise and a guy who you weren't counting on for a ton, who was playing fairly well uh, with these guys. The thing with Richardson was it looked like teams were starting to get interested in him as a player. And he did start to have value beyond what you thought when you brought him in. So, um, you know, always curious what else was out there. What else could you have done? I just don't know that white was, he was neither that elite type of point guard, nor the shooting help you necessarily needed. He's kind of like, you know, Marcus. He's the best you could do. He's yeah, the best yeah, I know everyone yeah. was like, well, why didn't they go get Murray? Because you couldn't go get Murray. You can't yeah, I just get... don't know that it was the needle-moving move. I feel like it was a, as you said, maybe the best talent, regardless of need or position, that they felt they could get with the pieces that they were willing to move around the board. Well, like I was just talking about, the best part right? is that, that, that might to... be the best way I can look at it. Yeah, and the fact that you didn't have to trade smart for him – sets you up to move smart for something else in the future so you gave up less in terms of players you gave up bench players for a starter which i think is always a good way to trade up and consolidate the picks are sweeteners that 
you're more concerned about than I am. We'll see what ends up happening with them. But I don't think this team's in a position. I don't think they were in a position to wait on that kind of help. I they wonder... need to get something a little more forward-facing now that can help them now, too. And I don't know. Does this have any impact on the Brown thing? A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about him asking out this summer. Now, all of a sudden, is this a better situation that he gives more time to? There's I... always a debate about whether or not that was about his role Maybe. or where the team was going. I do wonder, could you have... Um... The Schroeder thing is interesting. Could you have could you have held out and fleeced a team on Schroeder? You know, like if, if there were teams out because right now what I think is going to happen is I think Schroeder is going to get friggin' bought out or waived, yep. right? And then he's just going to get to go somewhere. So any of these teams who might have been knocking on your door looking for him and willing to give up something of value, you didn't really get that. Um, and it now was he's Milwaukee, just, and now he's just going to go wherever he wants. The question is, what's a better team right now? Tice and everything you have in place here, or or uh, Divincenzo and everything you have in place here. That's a good question, and you'd be minus Grant too, of course, because yeah. I think that's where Milwaukee was holding out. You'd probably lean this. Grant was way. never going in that. I, I don't think Brad yeah. was ever serious about that. Again. You 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 probably lean toward keeping Grant in play here. But like, uh, would Tice? I would have been more. It, let's say that uh, Tice is fine. Um, but would you have been happier with the Schroeder DiVincenzo package than this? Not, not with Grant, but uh, if you could have found a way to just do that closer to straight up, absolutely, I think so. You can too. go find a center to play the backup minutes. I think so and, too. I and, think DiVincenzo is a guy you might have been able to to turn around here. He and uh, I think that was probably. I, I got the plan. a couple people saying Tice. They like Tice better. Strange. The plan was. I mean, you see how this team's coming together now, and the shooting that it's missing. The plan probably was to bring DiVincenzo in here as the wing shooter, and they just couldn't get it done. So you see how that comes together a little bit better than what they ended up doing with Schroeder. Uh, but here, you end up getting the second yeah. best talent that was I do have available. Some, I do have some bad news for the Tice backers out there. Tice, who was knocking down threes at an exception, he was with the Celtics, has been about 28%. In ever, since he left uh, with the two teams, Chicago and Houston, again, somewhat limited sample size. He's only played 26 games for Houston this year, but um, he was playing a lot of starting minutes for them, though. Yeah, I mean, he started 20, he started 21 out of 26 games. He's averaging 22, 23 minutes a game. It was Chicago last year. He averaged about what he averaged with the with the Celtics here, and he did fine for Chicago. But the three point shooting has been down since he left Boston. So again, you've got another kind of. One of the neat things about Tyson is last year here, it's almost you. It's the memory of the guy you had. Same way you remember Al Horford knocking down threes at a more consistent clip. Tice has not been doing that since he left here. Um, so, again, will you know? Certainly, huge upgrade over 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 uh, Ennis. He's playable in multiple lineups. Jason Tatum's gonna, you know, his average is gonna go up. You know four points per game just based off the Tice seal alone. He's happy to have that back, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I don't know what else you're getting there. It, it certainly is an upgrade over Ennis, but... Um, I'm really excited I, to see I would have liked I would have liked the DiVincenzo uh, package better, I think. So... I I'm not a Tice guy. I, I don't. I don't know. I. I think. I think by the end. I'm going to be honest. I think by the end of this Tice deal, you're going to be like, is there any way we can get off of this? Well, he's the backup. Contract? I know, Isn't but he? it's like it's. I mean, I mean, what are you paying here? It's nine million a year for the next three years. Like, I. Do you, I don't want this. 
I don't, you know, I don't know. That is a little high for a back. I, I don't get it. I, it's just, this is a team that's picky with money. I don't get this at all. Like, I don't get. It's it's holding the cap spot. So you had Schroeder I know. six that you couldn't keep. Yep. You ramp it up to it's nine. Stacking, you this is on, a tra- yeah. But you're trading a guy that someone has to hold for three years at that price, you know? Yeah, but it's better than losing it outright. Losing Schroeder for nothing would have been tough. Uh, at the end, and of the yes, year. I know the Tice seal starting getting called on Tyson that you can't really do that anymore. Um, but yeah, the uh, the uh, I that's, I don't know. It is a salary, but it's a salary that someone has to eat for a while. It is, but he helps you now. Potentially fills the gap when you get the savings on Horford this off season. You're still kind of paying for your sins with the Kemba thing in a lot of different ways here with the money you're bringing on and the way you're managing your cap to minimize that hit less and less. Each he's year basically he's now your backup instead of Al when you renounce Al next year. I assume, right? Yeah. So you're gonna pay fourteen to Al and nine to Tice instead of thirty-seven to Kemba. So there was no way to like magically escape from that Kemba cost. You were going to pay for it one way or another down the roster for years to come. When you make a mistake with a signing like that, you don't magically escape it. So that's the kind of price you're paying to get off Kemba still. Uh, But it's good that you turned Schroeder, who would have been lost cap commitment, and combine that with Tice who you can at least keep that dollar figure. Yeah. You're holding that dollar figure figure. Yeah. Even if he's not valuable himself, he still has some value to you. And you read off all those numbers against starting units. I'm interested to see how he looks against second units because that's where he had some success earlier in his career against uh, in Boston. Um, he did an enviable job stepping up to the starting lineup once Horford left. Now I think he can probably find himself in a system where he succeeded, um, You know, play good minutes next to White. That's going to be a benefit to him on the bench if that's where White's headed. And listen, he's not going to blow the world up, but he's going to play good basketball. He's going to rebound. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to roll and finish on offense. Tice, hit some threes, yeah. Tice is a salary. I I, I really think that's it. I, I think Tice is sal- Tice is salary. You don't think matching. he's going to play? He's going to play, but the, the Tice acquisition is is as no. You said, yeah, I'm not saying it's, it's like it's a retain, massive. It's retaining yeah. the salary spot, no question about it. And, and he again, helps Phil Horford a little let's bit. You say couldn't this. play Ennis. You can play Tice. Yeah, again, you know, what's not fair to judge at all is how many moves down the road they are here. If the, you know, I'm going to go back to my, you know, declaring Bradley Beal is coming here no matter what situation from however far back, um, you know, last offseason. Ice could be salary that goes toward that. You're you're, you're stacking some salary there uh, towards that. uh, But I don't know how you make that work unless you dump everything and then you basically have four players on your team you know um you're gonna have to hold on to rob tight in those negotiations but again is that something else where smart's a little more flexible you feel a lot better giving up smart in a brad beal deal where he forces his way here today than when you didn't have a point guard and then all of a sudden your core is white beal tatum brown rob and nothing else and you just figure out how to send all those other salaries down there it'll be neesmith it'll be pritchard It'll be Tice, and it'll be probably smart headlining the salary if that ends up coming to fruition there. So you're in a better spot today, this year, with this roster. You give them a chance for a run, and then you have plenty of opportunity. If it's not Beal, you can go after Jalen Brunson with the flexibility you have now. All right, so let's pivot here. I think we've talked as much as we can here. Again, I am 
I'm definitely open because I want to see what Derek White looks like here. I do think you're going to have, um, you know, a good defensive, uh, you know, uh, presence there. With there, I know people who's pulling their hair out with the style of play from Schroeder, both in terms of his ball domination and his uh, pace and um, and his, you know, inconsistent defense are going to be thrilled to not have to watch that anymore. So I know that's a huge boon. Where, where I'm hopeful is – Let's see what the white fit does for this team and how um, how much they improve here. And again, you could have a really interesting, you know, th- there's good defensive. This is a team that's winning on defense. You, I think you got better on defense here uh, as well. So I think that's going to help. Um, Absolutely. So, white yeah. at 6-4 over Schroeder in that spot. Even Tice, over- <laughs> even whatever. I, I do think so. Um, White over Schroeder leading the second unit is such a substantial upgrade. It is. It's the shooting you've lost, but you've gained other things. So let's see. The the thing is, you don't know what that equation is going to do. But I think we've kind of we really got to see it, right? So yeah. Um, and hopefully we see it tomorrow. Hopefully White's in town and Tice gets here on time. And, and they can run this group against the Nuggets. Lord knows they'll need all these guys, right? They don't have enough players to play if these guys don't show up. <laughs> again, if if the if the if the added benefit to this is more. Neesmith, if your shooting woes are solved by more Neesmith, this is the sunny outlook. This is if a nice actually, benefit. It's a if the if there's a if Neesmith and Pritchard play, get some confidence, start to knock down shots from you. The calculus changes a great deal because I, but the thing is, I don't know because Neesmith wasn't cracking an eight-man rotation before. Now he has to get in there some. So there's gonna there's not going to be any more zero-minute games for him. Uh, you really do have to just. He's just gotta. So who show- reported that thing yesterday or two days ago where there's still intrigue and there's still value in him and he's hitting. So uh, that was on the uh, in the in the Boston Herald that 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 piece I grabbed was that you know talking about what has value to other teams now and the and the general the general vibe on the on the Celtics was you know there is some interest in Schroeder because there are a couple teams that are really needy at the backup point guard spot and there's interested in Richardson because he's fairly cheap and some teams Richardson to me was a guy you traded for a larger contract because teams were looking to move off of him that's why I thought if you weren't willing if you weren't afraid to spend into the tax you could have traded Richardson for a better player who was more expensive that another team didn't want uh necessarily but whatever um that that's one thing but the article was about you you now have some interest in Richardson you have some interest in Schroeder and don't discount a person like Neesmith who despite the fact that he hasn't done much some teams know there's something there and then the article mentioned he's still knocking down 85 out of 100 threes in a game and I, I had that tweeted at me by someone who's like how is this happening in practice and, and the Celtics won't use him so I'm going to go back to the thing that's been driving me nuts for two years Bobby you expect them to suck for a while and to fail for a while in order to be able to be good. I think the, the, they, they gave them very little rope. Um, and I think every time a rookie went in and wasn't playing well, like you said, we've seen multiple times in the last two years with two different head coaches, Bobby, where a player has gotten on a little bit of a role, whether it be Romeo or Neesmith and inexplicably go to zero minutes for like five games in a row. That, I mean, it happened to Romeo this year. Romeo was playing well at 20-something minutes a game and the first guy off the bench, and he had a couple of really good performances, and then they got healthy and he went to zero. That's 
a disaster. And it happened in Eastmith like three times last year and once or twice this year. He's in there. Oh, he's in there at the late in the first quarter. Wow, what do you know? And then gone for six games. I, that's really messing with a guy's head. So again, if if one of the benefits here is that Neesmith's going to come in and get a guaranteed 15 to 18 minutes a game without any fear of what he does, and the idea is go ahead and shoot and keep shooting even if you don't make them and shoot your way into figuring this out again. This is that huge. Would be, that would be awesome for him. That would be awesome. He was him. he was one of the guys that could have potentially been done here. And the fact that he gets new life out of this because Schroeder, Richardson, and Lankford are gone in front of him is enormous. It's probably confidence that he was missing, knowing that he was so far from minutes and just a mistake or two from the bench. Now they need him on most nights. There's not going to be many opportunities for them to not play him here. So like I just see the comment coming through, it's sink or swim time for Neesmith and Pritchard. And going back to last year's draft, I like Neesmith. I like the pick. I like the shooting pedigree. I haven't liked how he's looked. We've talked about this in the group chat in the last couple of days. I'm extremely discouraged by how he looks just playing within the speed of the NBA game. But now he has a real chance to save himself here which is good because I didn't see promise with Romeo Pritchard of course I do just as a shooter and doing the things that he does but Neesmith has a real chance to round out his game now play comfortably and provide what the Celtics need this wasn't the case a week ago two days ago he was so buried that there was never really a chance for him to figure it out here this deal while upgrading the roster giving those two a chance is so awesome because you were on the play the kids thing, John. This isn't that, but it indirectly leads there. And I'm thrilled that Neesmith is going to be one of the main guys who's able to give them what they need right now because I think the shooting's there. I'm not sure everything else is. The defense is really bad, and that's still what's going to hold him back at times from playing steady minutes. But if he comes in and gets quality looks from White and Tice and some of the other guys that he's going to be playing next to, Tatum staggering in the second units, this is new life for Neesmith's career, and I'm really excited about that because I don't think he stinks. I think the shooting's real. I think he's just gotten a really bad role and catch-and-shoot opportunities that are life and death, one, two shots a night. That's always been the issue. Uh, the, so the, now he's the in a first much better one, spot. He's nervous of the first one because he knows he might not get a second or third, and he's just off. He's been off. And, you know, you see him free and easy. I'm going to just pull one play from last game. Last – there was a perfect Neesmith moment last game where I felt like he... Um, do you have video? No, just uh. I'll try to describe it. But basically, he tried to do something and in classic Neesmith form, kind of like, you know, got in his own way, you know? Um, and uh, and uh, he got a little bit lost with where he was and he was on the left side of the basket. And he was really out of options and I think it was low. And he's like, wait a second, boom, stop, pivot, turn and hit a nice off balance turnaround yeah. kind of short mid range jumper, which was like, that's like what scorers do. It's like, okay, I'm in this spot. I, I'll just do this because there was no pressure and it was late in the clock and it was late in the game and it didn't matter. And you see that when he's kind of playing free and easy, he can do some scorer things. We saw him in summer league putting the ball on the floor and taking it to the basket. He does not have high-level NBA handles yet. It's an area he has to improve. We obviously know that. But I think he's just playing so freaking tight all the time that all he's trying to do is the energy stuff, and then hopefully if he catches a ball, to shoot it. But he's just thinking too much. So any way we can find a way to get Neesmith 
to a point where he's not freaking out all the time is good. The problem is here is they're playing a short rotation. He's still the ninth or 10th guy. It's not a guarantee of a lot of minutes. He's still got to make the most of them. But if there's an injury or something like that, or a load management situation, he will be thrust in there and play significant minutes. He absolutely will. And I'm excited for it. I'm thrilled with where this team's at for the rest of the year. The combination of flexibility and being able to compete this postseason, I think is a nice pairing because you do need momentum going into an offseason to have guys want to come to Boston. If you have the garden rocking, some upside with Brown and Tatum, those guys feeling good, and a roster that can fit a scorer on the wing next to them this offseason, that's a great thing to have. And you're going to need a good run here and everybody committed and excitement on national TV all the way up to the Eastern Conference Finals to reestablish something in Boston here. And listen, see, I mean, you gave yourself life here. I was thinking Stan Pat and you have a million different questions and you don't know where this is going after a nice little run here. This is a B-plus at worst. You think this is a B-plus trade? Trade deadline? Absolutely, and I'm bordering on A. Wow. Well, Bobby... I, I love Derek White. Maybe I'll be wrong, John. I know you're a little lower on him, but I I'm think not he's low. The I don't know the, the connector that you need. What's my favorite phrase? I got a lot of them. Needle mover. <laughs> Does White move the needle a lot? Um, no, but I don't think you've had the chance to get that now. And you needed to remember, I've talked about several steps to getting back to contention. You need a glue guy and a connector, and you need a needle mover. One move wasn't going to get it done. So you got I'm not one talking about third star needle mover or whatever. I'm talking about a clear cut guy who comes in. Like you could have a person who comes in and is your third best player and isn't a star because the drop from the Jays down is significant. You know, you are Rob is ascending, but he's still incomplete. And Marcus smart. We've thought and have said multiple times, Marcus smart, I think is best served as a bench player who comes in as a Jack of all trades. And I truly believe if you looked at all of the best teams in both conferences right now, Marcus smart would be coming off the bench for all of those teams. So your team is better when Marcus smart can come off the bench, which means you need more talent in that starting lineup and people who can do the things you expect them to do a true point guard, more shooting. I don't know that you got that here. So that's what I'm talking about is you didn't take somebody and slid them in clearly in a talent talent hole up above everyone else. Do you think he's the third best player on this team right now? No, Rob is still Rob. Yeah. But yeah. he's, he, they're doing different things. Of course. Rob's, of the, course. Rob's the anchor of the defense, which is obviously the identity and the, what's going to drive winning here. Derek White's going to facilitate offense and give them just enough on that. end. F minus. Wow. I don't know what people wanted, and I see people mad that Richardson's gone. I'm so I, glad. I'm that not they didn't mad get... about that at all, Bobby. Oh, That's get not out my of thing. Here. That's not mine at all. It's not that. It's uh, it's everything you threw in on top of that, which to me, again, I believe Richardson and something gets that done. But I believe you paid someone. You paid the first round. You. I hate paying people to take things from you. I hate that. So you would have just done Richardson for White straight up. If Because if San Antonio's like, we're moving on, they're like Richardson making less money and being around for fewer years. You paid them to take Romeo, you know? I, guess. I hate well, they that. wanted Romeo. I hate, I but hate listen, paying. Do I you hate, feel better if Romeo's in front of Neesmith and it's Pritchard? It's less about that. It's, again, 
I always wanted to develop the talent to either have them be good for you or be worth something in a trade. And only after you figured out whether they have value or not, you were running out of time with Langford though. It's today that was hard to do everything that led up to it. This is the mistake that was made by the organization, which was you have to develop them to either be able to sell them for something of value or so they have something of value to you. So you don't have to go overpay for, for other talent. They didn't do that. So you just gave them away. You say you sold low. If they are certain Romeo Langford is a bust, certain. They've watched him and they would say unequivocally, this guy's never gonna be anything. I don't I would have cut him if I didn't trade him. <laughs> Fine. But if they got rid of him just for money and they're thinking, geez, I hope Romeo doesn't turn into something, then that's bad business. That's uh, that's what I hate about it. I it, you never you never found out and you sold low and you paid someone to take him. That's what I hate. Sometimes you got to just admit that it's not working and move on. And that feels like what they did. Here. It's that's the thing is you're correct. And so is everyone in the chat saying it's not working. He hasn't shown anything. However, they didn't give him enough opportunity. Yeah, that to can show be something. true, but Both now you got to make true. this decision. Yeah. Both can be true. They made the decision. <laughs> they can live with it. Um, but I hope they made it because in their, in their opinion, Romeo was trash, not in their opinion, well, we're not using well, him let's now. Just, let's just and we're not using him now, and I need to get rid of some money. That's the that's the move I hate. Let's just compare Langford and Neesmith. You look at Langford, there's some nice baseline skills that are there. He's a better player today, but he was blocking Neesmith. And Neesmith does some skills you need a lot more in his game than in Langford's. And there's still some upside there. And there's time. You have two more years on his contract beyond this one. All right. We've been going a bit, Bobby. We haven't spent a second on the uh, Harden trade, which is crazy because it's such a massive, Uh, massive trade. I couldn't believe when it finally Celtics fans, let's hang out here and just a little bit talk about this. Um, You know, this is so interesting just because deals of this magnitude in the middle of the season never happen, right? No. You know, so this was a big one. Um, and it did, uh, you know, you and I both thought it would happen. I was questioning whether or not, um, Philly would have to give as much as they did. Um, which I am surprised that they did. I'm surprised that, um, I assume that Curry was going to be the bargaining point. So Curry, Curry, but also the two firsts and, you know, it, it could have been a combination of a few different things. It's quite a bunch of stuff here uh, that they got, but that's fine. This is one of those, even though I think Philly gave up a little more than I thought they needed to to get this done, uh, this feels like a win-win uh, for both players and both teams, and it's a big loss for the Celtics. Yeah, both teams get a lot better here. Maybe not immediately for Brooklyn, but they now have their core set up into the future. Uh, the 76ers are the East Power, right along with Milwaukee, so there's no real path to... Boston sneaking into that East Finals game unless the yep. seeding lines up in such a way that the Nets and uh, ooh, I mean the Nets and Sixers would be fun, but Sixers and Bucks line up round two. That would be what really breaks up the conference and would essentially be the NBA Finals in my mind. I don't think a team from the West is going to win the Finals this year unless the Suns really hit their stride and something breaks their way. So Philly, no brainer. This gives you a chance right now to win a championship, which Embiid earned. They absolutely should have cashed in on Simmons right now, got that 
cloud from above their head and paired two of the, let's say, best 10, 15 players in the NBA together, which is the formula for success. There's some fit concerns, and Bede's not as much of a roller as he is a short yep. uh, roll scorer, face-up guy. So there's some questions there, but I always thought this potential, going back to the Rockets-Simmons-Harden negotiations, had a chance to be something of a Kobe Shaq light. Not the most seamless fit in the world, but guys who are just two larger-than-life scorers have all the gravity in the universe. Harden being a great passer can find and beat in his spots, and you still have the defense and a little bit of shooting around them to get this done. Um, Harden's had a down year. How much of that was just him being done with Brooklyn? I don't think he started of, done. I think yeah. he came. I think he came out. So I think out. it's a little bit of both. He came out in horrible freaking shape this year. We said it early. I was like, I was like, Harden looks terrible. And but he slow. knew from day one, Irving was not I only know, part time then, but, but he was gone then. And yes, there are players like Harden who don't who just play themselves into shape as the season goes on. Um, and you know, but that's harder to do when you get to thirty three. You know, yeah, you know, it, it, it's and you can see it in the numbers drop. The rule change hurt him as well. Uh, but now, you know, he's shot his way off of two teams by being a jerk, and now he's going here. And he and let's not forget, terrible yeah. postseason player in his career. Yeah, terrible. So. That's something you have to consider here. Philly gets one, maybe two shots at this before he starts becoming a negative value player. And you commit to a long-term contract in him that reaches $60 million by the end of the 2020s. It's a scary proposition, and I'm still very surprised that the 76ers hitched their wagon to this and didn't think of alternatives. That's a big reason they paid such a big price to do this. It's well, going from yeah. zero in Simmons to even 80 85% of Harden ginormous leap in your talent level in Philadelphia right now. And if you win one championship, it's worth it. So it made sense from Philly's standpoint. I don't think there's any way, though, that the Nets don't win this deal on paper. Simmons is a perfect fit next to Irving and uh, Durant. Their defense is much better. He's the kind of player that can establish the defensive identity that they've needed going back two seasons here. And I'm sure there's some motivation to get back at Philly for this. And I hope that he takes that on because I didn't like Simmons. I didn't like his fit there. I am rooting for him to get it right in a different uh, situation. I, I think the Nets win this one, uh, to be fair. Um, I think fi- just I think Philly wins because you had you were you were playing nobody. <laughs> you weren't playing you weren't playing uh Simmons. This is essentially a curry yeah. for Harden swap. So obviously they win being better than they were before. I think the Nets win huge. And Curry, Curry, how much does he help out the Nets who have really struggled? The to Nets the win huge year. because he gives you shooting. Um, obviously with Harris out, that's been a huge concern. And Harris might be done done with a second surgery. So um, you know, but you have him for a couple of years too. So that when Harris returns, you have those two, you have Simmons playing comfortably in a point forward position instead of a straight point guard position on a floor with shooters like Irving and Curry. Uh, And then you've also got a healthy Durant, this team and this, and this and Simmons playing a small ball five on this team with Durant on the floor. This death lineup is terrifying right now. This team got better. I know Harden was great, but Harden was playing like crap. Um, this and this is a team. This is your role. You're running this back for a couple of years. I, I I think they they win huge here, and and yeah. especially if Harden was walking at the end of the year. And you you mentioned the picks. Brooklyn had to recoup some picks here because they gave up so many for Harden in the first place. So they'll be able to use these to flip for 
the secondary talent that they're going to need. They didn't get it done today, which was surprising. So I think that tells you a little bit that this year is becoming, let's get Durant healthy, uh, Irving, maybe the mandate ends up, maybe it doesn't, and let's get Simmons acclimated here. But all of a sudden, this isn't quite a championship year for the Nets. That's what they went here. But there was a thinking, especially with the hamstring, incident that Harden had going on for the last week or two here that this would Hamstring. not have been fun yeah, yeah this would not have been a fun ride to the finish line here and you get Simmons in the door earlier let's say Simmons doesn't play this year which I think a lot of people would freak out if that ended up happening why not give him the time he needs get him through a camp get him right you don't have championship aspirations this year I don't think but you have years to come of this core playing together hopefully Irving's committed I think he is. This is home for him. He wants to play with Durant, and that mandate thing will be behind him next year. So who knows when we'll see Simmons, but it's the right forward-facing move for the Nets to give themselves multiple chances to win championships into the future. And if Simmons plays now, they'll be pretty good then too. Um, But Durant, they should not rush Durant back from this knee injury. Uh, they should not be paying fines to get Irving back on the floor in a pandemic and, you know, bending the rules there before it's too soon. And Simmons, given the mental health stuff that he's talked about, and I don't want to fully doubt that, but I'm sure it's there with him. Let him figure that out and then uh, get back I, next I year. Think, I think he gave up on that once they called BS and stopped paying him. I, I don't think that that's a, a thing. I think, you know, I mean, he took his ball and went home. Um, but, you know, it's again, it's, I mean, Two guys that forced their hand in this situation. Ben Simmons refused to play. What a win for Simmons. Simmons refused to play. Now he goes to a terrific situation. We'll see what he does. Onus is on him. He's still the same guy who can't friggin' shoot at all. And um, you know, we'll but see. in this situation, he doesn't. It could be to. games where he could take zero shots and have spectacular games, which is perfect for him. There was no better landing the Nets spot. Im- the Nets improved defensively. You know, there's just it's a really good spot for him if he's if he's anywhere close to the best version that we've seen. Um, but Simmons wins huge here. He gets out of there. Philly wins at least in the short run because Simmons was. They were done and they messed up that situation to begin with. I am deeply concerned. I would, you t- again, we've talked about this a lot, Bobby. I didn't want, I never wanted to do Jalen for Harden when you guys talked about it a year ago. Cause this James Harden this year is the guy I'm worried he's going to be and become. Um, I don't think he's a guy who's going to trend well uh, going forward into, into, in whatever. I, I don't, if you sign him to a three or a four year deal, I think five, re- I think he might go re- five. I think you're really pissed about years two, three, four, and five, not just years four and five. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let me pull up those Bobby Marks. But I don't know. Are either, I mean, at this point, I mean, you know, you're looking at the Celtics. Like, I can't see getting past either of these teams, and I still don't see getting past Milwaukee. You saw how they played against Miami, albeit a depleted one. But I mean, you're still outside the big four, you know, with, you know, without without much question and that's not even mentioning chicago and cleveland well you had no control over that and you were to begin with so you did the best in your own power to start moving in that direction today uh you're gonna be able to probably stand with those teams for a game or two here or there given your defense that you've built but there was no move that you could have made today right. to get in that category i am yeah. looking for this uh, hardened figure on what his next deal would be I don't have it right in front of me, but let's just say by it's like five, it's like five and two twenty or two or something like that, right? 
Yeah, and by 2027, it would be over $60 million. So Philly's essentially saying there's a real chance we're going to bomb our future by then, especially with how Embiid and Harden project to age here. But we're going to do it for one, maybe two championships, and it's going to be worth it. Because when did Philly last win? 1980-something. You and Nick would remember. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not privy to that. Philly's been waiting for this for a while. So... And Embiid deserves it. I'm so happy Embiid got this. I'm glad Simmons, the saga yeah. is over. I'm it was glad the Nets are in a better spot. 83. It's been a while. But, yes, they um, – um, This is the know. perfect trade. It's the craziest trade ever just because of all the implications and how they're in each other's backyard. I mean, they could play in the playoffs this year. Just crazy. Um, and – it helps each side. And that was why all along I thought it was going to get done because they can help each other with this. And they did. Uh, yep. It's tough again. So Celtics, the grades a little bit mixed. Some people say straight a, some people hate it. I think it's, I, I'm going to give it a wait and see because you want to see the fit. And I want to see how good Derek white is uh, alongside these guys. We've only seen him. Um, in the circumstances he's been in. So um, it, it is it's hard to gauge what a player is going to be in a totally environment. Yeah. And by tomorrow we should have some buyout announcements. I'd imagine we'll see who gets into those spots and uh, Celtics nuggets, a big one. I believe a national TV game. I might be wrong tomorrow night. So uh, we will be there for that as well. Yeah. So yeah, Derek white again, entire career there. This is the guy he's been drafted. Um, 2017, 27th overall, I believe 27th. Um, and you know, has been basically, you know, I mean, he's a full-time starter last, last two seasons with San Antonio averaging somewhere in and around 15 points per game over the last couple of years. Three point percentage has dipped this year. He's about 34% for his career, 34, 35 down a little bit this year. Um, you know, likes to get downhill, uh, you know, field goal attempts somewhere in the 12 per game. He's in and around Marcus numbers a little bit ahead of that. Um, coming over here, presumably to be in, in terms of shots per game and, you know, whatever, just his overall shooting efficiency uh, is kind of in the Marcus smart range right now. Low fours on the field goals, um, 31% for three, uh, presumably to be your backup point guard. Bobby thinks the ceiling is a good bit higher um, than that. And he can become uh you know, better with this team. Uh, again, we will see because uh, we don't know. We just don't know right now. He's, he's an interesting mix of a guy that filled the glue connecting spot that they needed right now and has a little bit higher upside. We were talking about guys like Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brunson possibly being the next big thing. He's not that, but he leans in that direction. And it's a low-key guy that we weren't talking about. Some people were. I know there's some chatters in here that will say, I said Derek White, because I saw it. I just didn't buy into the fact that they had enough to get him. And for Brad to be able to turn that TP into Richardson, Richardson have enough value here along with your picks and Romeo to get a guy like this, this is what you dreamt of a year ago when you say, we don't have anything to offer for anyone. And now you pull this deal off with your own pick that is a very late-round pick. Uh, you do give up a pick swap here that could have implications deep into the future. That probably was the deal breaker here. And 
you essentially just trade a couple bench guys for a guy that is a starting caliber player in this league and gives you a lot of things that you need. So I'm thrilled about it. The second I saw it, I was so excited because I like this player quite a bit. I like the Spurs pedigree. It's a reason I like the Eme coming here to coach this team. That's just good stuff coming out of there. And that's all the more reason to like it. And he has experience playing with Brown Tatum and uh, Smart as well. I think you can loop into that with Team USA. And that was obviously a run that I covered pretty deeply. I like the way a lot of those guys fit together. I like the cohesion that group had. Miles Turner was part of it as well. So we talked about how he would have maybe fit in this team after the Hayward thing didn't work out there. So you do end up piecing together now much of that 20, what was it, 2019 World Cup team. They went over there in China and kind of fizzled out, but got an op- a lot of opportunity to play together. And the starting unit on that team was White, Kemba, uh, Smart was off the bench, but it was Brown, Tatum, and Turner. So White, Brown, Tatum, those guys played together a lot during that yep. summer. Yep, yep. We'll see how we'll see how that uh, meshes now here. Uh, again, we've been going on for a bit. So again, I want to thank everybody who hung out. Bobby and I have been talking since 2 o'clock when we hopped on Spaces. We've been doing this show since 2.30. We are going to wrap it up. I uh, do want to let you know, should anything else change? Should there be any major news? Should there be a deal that leaks in super late? We'll jump back up here and we'll talk about it. Uh, in the meantime, we do want to tell everybody uh, you can absolutely follow us and please subscribe to our YouTube channels if you haven't already. Um, Celtics All Act. Access and our Celtics CLNS main. It will notify you if you sign up for, you know, notification go live, um, which we do after every single game, and we will again tomorrow uh, with Bobby Manning going to be at, um, you know, at the game uh, Celtics first game, which we hope is going to feature all their new players because they don't have a lot of others. <laughs> yeah. Unless we get Maine up here, Luke Cornett will have to come down with. They uh, do not Denzel have Valentine. very. It could be a Valentine Cornet Hauser sort of sort of night, but that's what we have. So we could see the debut of the Celtics players. Uh, we don't know right now, Bobby. Nothing scheduled from the team, right? To speak. I was looking. Yeah, I don't see anything. Normally Brad's they gonna do- talk. Brad's yeah. going to talk on the radio tomorrow for sure. But yeah, normally I, we teams, might get some tonight. Normally teams do something. Um, we don't have anything yet, so we'll see. Uh, but it is customary to have a post. They got to fill deadline. those roster spots first. So but sure he's probably for now. he's probably still working right now. So there's probably yeah. a lot of things going on. Um, so at some point we may hear Brad's take on all of this. His first kind of major set of, I mean, a lot of wheeling and dealing for Brad in a very short period of time. You said Hauser's going to be officially be joining the roster? <laughs> Keith had said that they're going to convert him to a full uh, contract. That's good. I like that a lot. Obviously, I think you have dropping, to. He was dropping 30 bombs in Maine, shooting like 44%. So It's another person. <laughs> Again, you're talking about shooting. You have it, it theoretically, in Neesmith, which we haven't seen it yet. But with him, Pritchard, and Hauser, those are three guys who they're the thing they do is shoot. It's a question of can they do it here at this level with whatever people you put around them. But – that's the shooting on this team. If you're going to be able to unlock it, you have to find a way to get those guys to be useful. Um, wrapping everything up, a couple of trades. The big haul is Derek White. I hate how much they had to give to make it happen. I believe most of it was motivated with staying under the tax. I think you could have improved without having had to sell Romeo and a first-round pick. It may not end up hurting you if Derek White turns into something spectacular. Bobby grades it as an A++++. Like I said, I said please. B+. A plus 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 plus. Um, 
like I said, guys, thank you again so much for hanging with us. Middle of the day, really great audience, My, massive numbers here. Um, we'll try to hop on to another Spaces. For those of us who joined us over there, that was great. It was fun to hear from you guys. We'd like to hear from you more. Uh, so we will do that again for sure. But as we said, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a follow here on Twitter at real Bob Manning at John underscore Zanis. And of course at Celtics CLNS um, for anything we do in the future uh, regarding the Celtics, which again is quite a bit. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, Bobby. Final takes here. Fun deadline. A lot of stuff happened quite a bit. We're active and, Listen, you feel – I know we've said this all season, but you feel much better being a Celtics fan today than a Lakers fan, certainly, and especially a Knicks fan. Uh, those yeah. teams did nothing today, and they needed to do things. So uh, feel good about that, I guess, even though you're not at the top. Oh, I'm going to do one more programming note. Uh, we are now, we are accepting interns here, not only for this current semester, but for the summer. If you are a college student and you are out there, even if it's someone who is not in the Boston area, if you're in the Boston area, great. But if you're not and you are interested in a CLNS Media internship, email us, info at clnsmedia.com. Once again, info at clnsmedia.com to apply for an internship must be in college in order to do so. So again, uh, by all means, uh, do that and as we said subscribe to our celtics all access youtube channel for all our exclusive content including breakdowns of all of the moves uh post-game reaction and all of that plus all our terrific podcasts which include bobby manning's dome theory um and a shrod blakely's a-list podcast celtics beat cedric maxwell all that good stuff we are going to wrap it up so thanks again guys